I'll be forgetting Matt made this beat. Right. Yeah, that was back in the day. I need to get back on my beat, man. You need to get back in the beat, yeah. man. We need a new beat. Man. When, when, new, when you going to drop a beat, beat tape on him? It's, it's got to make sense. Who? You, you gonna hook me up? You gonna A and R the project? You gonna you gonna connect <laughs> me with I'll, some rappers? I'll do what I can. All right, say less. He can facilitate. Yeah, you know I mean, he can facilitate. That's <laughs> what I'm asking him to do. <laughs> Let's look at him run this game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you got ideas? You know what I'm saying? I uh, have y'all seen this Black Superman conversation? It's really happening. Michael uh, B. Michael, well, Michael we B. Jordan would be who, Superman. We don't know who Superman will be, but Ta-Nehisi Coates, who I like to call Tanache in my spare time, Ta-Nehisi Coates mm-hmm. will be leading this project uh, for Warner Brothers to have a new Superman. And Ta-Nehisi Coates has already said that he is looking for a black person to play Superman. How you feel about that, Tom? Tom, you're African. How you feel about a black man playing Superman? <laughs> Does that does that change the legacy of Superman for you? I'm not sure I was even looking for that. That's just me being honest. He would have to be African. He would have to be African? He would have to be African. If he was to be black, he would have to be African. <laughs> and and vibranium is the kryptonite? Like what, what do we Wait, think? That's so how do you explain <laughs> slavery? Superman. Oh, how do you explain slavery to <laughs> Superman? Uh, or, if Superman looked like Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan is a product of slavery. That's right. I don't feel like any Kryptonian would have been cool with some shit like that. Oh, so you're uh, saying he would have a, to be African from a pure genealogical? Yeah, from a genealogy. Did, did you catch? What Ain't Matt no just aliens did? looking like they would look you, you African catch, Americans. Hold on, hold on. Did you catch what Matt just said? What's that? He said Kryptonium. So you combine Kryptonite and vibranium, and you get Kryptonium. What? <laughs> It's kryptonite. Crypt- it's not kryptonium. Kryptonia. Kryptonian. Oh, kryptonian. Yes. You see, I, I, I don't know nothing being, about Being this. from Krypton. <laughs> You're fucking me up, Tom Tom. You're hey, burning my grits hey, over there. Hey, but, some, but for some context, yeah. Ta-Nehisi Coates did a great run for the Black Panther comic. That's right. Um, leading up, it was kind of in, in tandem with the Marvel release, the, the cinematic release. That's right. It that's came right. out beforehand, though, and he also did World of Wakanda. So I had, like, a bunch of those issues. Um, and so to see him helm that project from a comic standpoint, it's like, okay, this is dope, you know. So to see what he would do with a DC project like Superman, that's different, though. Like, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I'm intrigued, I, but like Tom Tom said, well, did I really... Did I really need that? Right, but you know, Tanahisi had to work with easier material with Wakanda because that's a already pre-established, exactly, fake place mm-hmm. in Africa. Mm-hmm. So to change canon for Superman and make him black, I'm just, I'm just not with that shit. Like, you ask, you ask an interesting question. But he would have to be African. Yeah, Superman Kryptonian would, would not look like 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 a nigga. Like nah, standard, would not look standard like nigga. Nah, African descendant with European blood. Right. Nah, right. It wouldn't look like that. He would not look like Jimmy Baldwin. No. <laughs> wow. Okay, but in I wanted to connect that to right before we joined on. I saw that ABC dropped a new trailer for their new show, which is a reboot of the Wonder Years, except the little kid is black, and it's voiced by. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Oh, I think I saw something about this, but I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Wonder Years, man. That, for for us who grew up is in it, the nineties, is it like and, written by Quinta Brunson or whatever her name is? I don't know. Quinta B. Look it up real fast. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Google, shout out to the Google Wonder is free. Years. Shout out to the Wonder Years, man. Uh, I don't know who listened to our show who's younger than twenty seven. <laughs> 
Avery. But Nick at night, Nick at night, right? Yeah. They used to like closer to like nine, ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. They play like older series mm-hmm. that came out in like the eighties, like the Wonder Years and a few other shows. Um, the Brady Bunch and all that stuff would come on. But the Wonder Years was a big show in terms of our childhood, like early, early childhood. So to see a black version of that, yeah, dope. Um, Don Cheadle, man, Don Cheadle's a fucking legend. I don't. How do you how do you feel about Don Cheadle kind of voicing this though? Though, quick question. Yeah. If Don Cheadle was Black Superman, would you have a problem? Hell, with it? Nah. <laughs> he looked after. <laughs> if Don Cheadle was was the Superman, would you have a problem with it? I would. I would. I would definitely have a problem. <laughs> I mean, most of the time, most of the time, Don Cheadle understands the assignment. But if you go back to like Ocean's Eleven, that nigga's that nigga's British accent was trittash. All right, Wonder Years. So it's exciting to see. I will say, in the opposite of the Black Superman conversation, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily wanted to see a black man play Superman, but it is interesting to see this um, sitcom, this coming to age story about a dark skinned kid and his dark skinned family. On ABC in this Wonder Years form, it does seem kind of like on ABC, yeah. It seems dope. I was listening to another podcast earlier, and uh, a young lady reminded me that when we watched shows that were all white, we were never reminded that black people were treated mis were treated uh, badly during the show, around the show, in the universe of the show. Right. Whatever happened on screen is what happened on screen. It's all good. Right. So. If that same energy could trans- transform over to Don Cheadle's Wonder Years, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I, I, you know, white I, people can normalize seeing these black families and not feel excluded. Right. Hey, this is this is a couple weeks after we talked about, what is it, they? The them? The, them, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, why do we always got to do this traumatic shit? Exactly. We could do it. It's, it's, do it's it. set, speaking of that, it's set in Alabama, supposedly. Worse, so it's a similar timepiece as they or them or whatever, and mm-hmm. yet hopefully, we don't have to. We don't have execution to keep is better. it in trauma, right? We don't. Does it have to be trauma? Yeah, it, it could, could be, be more the than, Wonder Years. It could be, and if it's trauma, it could be more in the lines of This Is Us, right? Oh lord, of what ABC class? If you're gonna give me black trauma, give it to me. Realistic, classy. Oh, gotcha. The only black trauma I want to see. Is when Black Topanga leave Black Corey on ooh, the Black Boy Meets World. That's the only trauma I want to see. Okay, because it's about goddamn time we get into Black Wonder Years. Oh man, we're only ten years away how from real, the Black Boy Meets World. How real are they gonna keep it? She gonna, she gonna leave him for light skin Raymond? Are they gonna ooh, touch, touch, touch on colorism? So, so that would make Wendy light skin. <laughs> I don't know what the the, the 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 main character's girlfriend. Her name was Wendy. Wendy, yeah. In the Wonder Years? In the Wonder Years. Okay, yes. okay. Topanga and Boy Meets World. True, true, true. true. That, was, that was a what you call his little brother, though. Yeah. The main character, that's yeah. his little ben brother. Ben Savage and Fred, Fred Savage. Savage. Ben Savage, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking forward to it, though, man. I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to... I mean, it, I guess I guess at the end of the day, it's a mixed bag, getting these black versions of white things. Yeah, right. see, that's, that's where I was going. Like, I, I don't... I feel like we keep rebooting things when we can come up with original things. Like, I get it, but why does it... Why is he even being presented as the black version of the Wonder Years? Because because Americans are lazy. I mean, just generally lazy. We like to just read I mean, frameworks that we where, know. Where is the lie? You're not lying. We we need we need a basic framework to kind of get people convinced to at least give it a chance. You know that's why. When's the last besides Hancock? When's the when's the most recent? What's the most recent black superhero or like futuristic based show that you watched that that even turned into something? There's tons and tons of. Um, 
Afrofuturistic pieces mm-hmm. and, and material that's out there, but none of it gets picked up. So Lovecraft Country. True. I guess. But even I mean, even then, that's that's still like tweaks token within the situation. Is right. Watchmen in there? Again, Watch- another token. And Watchmen is based on it's the black version of a white thing. It is. Right, yeah. Yeah. That is that's black Dr. Manhattan. Perfect example. Doctor yeah. what? Doctor Manhattan in the comic books is white. It's a white man. Uh, although he turns blue. In The Watchmen, this time, he's a black man. And Virginia nice. King's a black woman. There's there black women in the original Watchmen. It didn't t- in the original Watchmen uh, graphic novel didn't touch on race in this way. Nope. Um, so that was like a nuance they added to the right. storyline. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It is interesting to say that on, on HBO, within three years, we saw the Oklahoma City, or the, the Tulsa uh, riots twice. Yeah, several times, yeah. Yeah. Right. Two series covered the same thing within, like, I think it might have been the same calendar year, to be honest with you. Isn't, isn't, um, I think so. Our Wizards play, uh, Russ, Russ is coming up with his own, is coming out with his own documentary about Tulsa, too, isn't he? I don't know. Well, that, I, that's so. what I, that's what I remember hearing. I don't might know. Might be Tom Tom breaking news. Mm. I don't know when it's dropping, but I know he is. Mm. Ah, fuck. My bad, fellas. Welcome to the Over the Shoulder Podcast. This is your chance to eavesdrop on three professional creatives as we discuss the sources, happenings, and inspirations from the creative industry. From film to production to music to culture, join us each week as we push the envelope on the possibilities of the creative industries. Our host for this week, of course, is your main man, 250,000 grand, your main man, Bimo Brown. What's up, baby? How we doing today? How's everybody? Hey. Hey. Yo, yo, yo. This is Tom, a.k.a. Thomas the Great, a.k.a. The Facilitator. Hey, hey, he's, hey, you nice with the with the pads today. I'm I see you on your shit, there, baby. Right? I've been, I've been practicing, baby. You know what I'm when you was gone, I was a little nice with it though. You know? <laughs> uh, backpack, Matt, money, Matt, paying my respects, paying my debts, also I could pay it for it. Ooh. Oh, he done, he done dropped the silent partner. Oh, it's still the silent it's partner. It's all that too. See, you don't gotta always say it. It's there. Right, it's there. right, it's right. It's okay. Silent. 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 It's there. Um. What's up, fellas? Good to see y'all, man. It's so it's so nice to see you on this lovely Tuesday once again. Tuesday. Beautiful nice weather roll, outside. Man. Beautiful weather outside. We're on a nice little roll, man. Man, man. It's time for the word of, of the, the day. day. The of day. The, the, day. Day. the day. Today's word of the day is brought to you today, brought to you by dictionary.com. This is our effort to try to sound a little smarter uh week by week. Hopefully you can use these definitions uh better in your life Uh-oh. than we do on the podcast. We Today's word of the day is we be doing it. Judder. Jetter. Judder. Judder. J-U-D-D-E-R. J-U-D-D-E-R. It is a verb. Can you use it in a sentence? Can I can give you the definition. <laughs> I, I do you one better. I'll give you the definition. The definition of judder is to vibrate violently. Ooh. Mm. Judder? To vibrate. Why you look confused, Tom Tom? Judder. To vibrate violently. Want me to use one? Like, like an earthquake? Is that the only way you know vibrations? Other times. No, nah, that's not the first one I was thinking. <laughs> Other times. The vehicle's robotic brain appeared confused, lingering at an always stop and juddering when a group of pedestrians crossed in front. Mm. What were your first thought, Tom Tom? Yeah. Give us Tom Tom's first thought. Hey, hey put, that, put that Windows 95 shit. That's going to be my new shit. Blink, skinny, feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that. All right. We anyway, do, shout uh, out to Judder. Niggas know what it is, man. <laughs> Niggas know what it is. Niggas know what it is. Nigga, don't get your girl at the house juddering by herself, all right? Lend a helping hand. You feel me? Stabilize her. Hold her, hold oh, her shoulders. You that's know what right. Like, that's right. Stroke her hair. Caress. So we have some interesting things. I want to play y'all a clip. This is our this week in creativity. It's a new section we got. This week in creativity, where we go over the things that happened this week in creativity. Creativity. Right, so right, right. Uh, I want to play a clip for you guys. Which this is Kwame Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. This is Kwame Brown. As he brings up allegations towards Stephen A. Smith and other sports commentators. In a creative uh, way. In a very creative way. <laughs> Kwame Brown, take it away, please. After now, now that I got a platform, I'm going to use it for the right way. It's time to put respect on niggas' name. And you niggas that I'm disrespecting, that's because you the one get the that's the gatekeeper of disrespect. Stephen A., you bald forehead, we thinking you tough. Saying all kind of shit like, oh, then you come see me. Well, sign up. Let's go to Seattle and you sign up. Well, Seattle, you ain't got to sign no waiver. You got to sign the waiver, Seattle. Where you can have mutual combat and talk like that. I slap a two. It'll look like you got a toupee on the front of your head or how hard I slap the back of your oh. head, motherfucker. Y'all <laughs> got people fooled with this fuck shit. Uh-oh. What you say? Uh-oh. And Skip Bayless, thanks for Uh-oh. the pass. I don't even know what the fuck that meant. But thanks for the pass, I guess. I don't know what grown man need no goddamn pass, but thank you. I ain't get no pass from your co-host when you was letting this punk motherfucker talk about a teenager Uh-oh. and going around college campuses. You never get. You gave him a pass. Bonafide scrub. He can't do nothing. This, this, and that. I had to endure you talking about my mama's son like that, bitch. Mm. The fuck is you talking about? The only thing you known for being a black man that disrespect and talk about other black men. Woo. I should find who your old lady is, you punk old bitch. We need to add Don sure, DeMarco. Show my mama's cooking. We need Don DeMarco. I'm a little good seasoning on her. I don't talk too much, nigga. The fuck you talking about? Woo. Talking about my mama's son. My mama's son. <laughs> That means I gotta beat your ass now. You done disrespected <laughs> yeah. my mother? I completely forgot. That because I've barely ever heard him talk, yeah. I completely forgot he was country like that. Hey, yes. First round pick. Number one pick. Number one pick. 2001 draft, I believe, to the Washington Wizards. As a fan of the Lakers as mm. well as the Wizards, I am very familiar with Kwame Brown. Mm. Um, Tell us about your emotional experience while Kwame Brown was playing for your teams. Well, you know. Most of the time, the Wizards sucked during that era anyway. Right. Like, the only action that we had was when Jordan kind of came back and it was Rip Hamilton. This was before Gilbert Arenas and all that shit. Like, um, But Kwame was supposed to be, like, that one time that we were horrible and we got that number one pick, you know, we picked Kwame Brown straight out of high school. This nigga 6'11". He was, like, 265, 270. But this was before... The YouTube era, or even this is before LeBron, mm-hmm. right? So high school players and footage of high school players wasn't played really on national television. There was no YouTube. There was no ball is life. That's right. Yeah. So you know, even the footage that we did see on draft day of him getting drafted was uh, drafted was was grainy, you know, relatively. So, but he was people people call him a bust. Long story short, because he was a, a number one draft pick, but in terms of his uh, output in the league, like he did, he never really was in the, the runnings for Rookie of the Year, or he right. never really had um, any great seasons. Right, right. Uh, and a lot of people said that he was just like a, a bum. He lacked confidence and all of that stuff. But keep in mind, 
in a lot of the stuff that they've been talking about recently, he was drafted by Michael Jordan because mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was the GM, the general manager of the Wizards at the time. Right. 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 So put a little context around us. Why is Kwame Brown coming out after all this time? What happened? Okay, so another great podcast, mm-hmm. All the Smoke. Mm-hmm. Love All the Smoke. Love All the Smoke um, with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Uh, they recently dropped an episode. This actually happened a couple of days ago with uh, Gilbert Arenas. Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. so Gilbert Arenas was detailing or talking, recanting his experience from being traded from Golden State to the Wizards where Kwame was there um, still. So there was some overlap. And he was he had made some remarks, so they had made some remarks in terms of how Jordan was such an asshole that he kind of stripped the confidence of Kwame at a very young age because Kwame got drafted at like 18 years old. So it was poor management of young talent but you know they kind of just continued to talk to talk about him as if he was like a dud or like he was a lame right right which has spurred on this onslaught of ig live videos of kwame just turning up on him calling him calling mark uh matt barnes becky with the good hair going on him about the Derek fisher shit how i mean the content is golden (laughs) yeah can you pull up the um the first original joint? joint but yeah so while you do that i'll say Kwame Brown was, uh, I would say he was a letdown, but he was not a bust. Right. He was a letdown only because he was drafted number one. Right. Right. And so you expect number one draft picks to have damn near Hall of Fame careers, right? Right. Rookie of the years, MVPs. Like, he didn't have that. But he played 12 seasons. Right. Which is damn good. It is. He he played in 18, I believe, playoff games. He averaged 9.6 rebounds in the playoffs. Pretty good stats. Solid eight man. Yeah, yeah, come on, Looney. Where you at, As baby? As he says in the first video, he, um, him, and Kobe dropped eighty-two on the Raptors. <laughs> wow, I didn't. I don't think I got that deep. Eighty-one of which Kobe <laughs> was dropped. Kobe. He got the one. <laughs> but if you even played a video, he was like, "But who was setting them screens, though?" That's. Oh, oh wait, I don't think I got that. Yo, man, I'm oh. talking about somebody like me. Boy, you need to stop, boy. I done told you. You done stepped in that goddamn quicksand, boy. I don't gotta lie and make up shit. The only joke you got, boy, when is this basketball joke going to run out? You keep hitting me with basketball jokes. I keep hitting you with your real soft-ass, punk-ass life. Now, which one Hit the button, like nigga. You, boy? Your granddaddy that was black or your granddaddy that was white? Because there's some deep issues in you, boy, that you can't understand. What right, I'm your hate. To say. <laughs> that in America right now, boy, oh. white people are scared to talk about black people right now. As a whole. And you niggas getting on camera every day talking about black males. Mm. We got to talk about that That's point. all you niggas do. You want to sit here and make me look a certain way, boy? When a nigga, some nigga done ate your food. Ooh. Some Derek Fisher done opened your doors to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Fisher got your keys to your truck. Bitch ass nigga, sit some gas so we can pick them kids up. Yeah. Hey, this transition's y'all clean, though. You niggas want to nice with the shit talking. Yeah. Act like y'all niggas perfect, and you can't respect when a man tell you you wrong, bro. Well, then let the gloves come off. The only joke you got is about basketball. I got a joke about your life, you mm. punk bitch. The fuck is you talking about? What is the Derek? Fuck is you talking about? Is he the about? mentor or the stepdaddy? Oh, he your mentor too, you punk. Oh, 
Alright, wrap that Y'all up. niggas yeah. a trip. Yeah, the, y'all niggas. Good heaven. Bro. Y'all gotta find the rest of the Kwame Brown on right? your own. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure niggas is familiar. Matt Barnes found out that Derek Fisher was five time champion. Um, <laughs> You're so petty. <laughs> petty, Betty. Los Angeles Lakers. You're the best. You're the best. Stole his, uh, well, we started having relationships with Matt's former wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And apparently was like driving his cars and shit. And so Matt Barnes drove down, as Kanye eloquently puts it, just to whoop a nigga's ass. So there was a confrontation in regards to Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher over his his old work. His old work. Fellas, thoughts? This whole subject got me weak, bro. <laughs> Hey, there's so many things to, that you could branch off into. Hey, man, the game is a game. We've talked about this shit last week. Yeah. The game is a game. game is a, I wow, think, yeah, we did. I think an interesting point is the conversation about black men talking negatively about black men on national TV every day. There is a point there. And uh, Charles, Barkley used, Charles Barkley and Shaq catch heat for this. Uh, most recently about their comments around Breonna Taylor saying that basically her killing was justified. Shaq and Charles Barkley uh, insinuated that situation. They usually are in the forefront of the dumb shit that dumb niggas say within the sports media world as it pertains to blackness. I'd rarely hear conversations from black men charging other black men about how they perceive other black men within that sports industry within that sports media industry. And it's interesting that Kwame Brown is the one to call it out because you can go on the YouTube right now and you can find compilations of people trashing Kwame, Kwame Brown. Brown. I'm talking about yeah. 45 minutes He's been a punching bag for well over a decade. Right. Kwame two, two Brown. Decades. Kwame Brown mm-hmm. is a catchphrase, is a is the original catchphrase of for Stephen bus. A. Smith. Oh, wow. Right. Talking about talking bona fide scrub, Kwame Brown. That's what he used to say all the time when Stephen A was coming up. So essentially, Stephen A put this nigga down so that he could climb up to the top of ESPN. I'd be interested, especially when I get deeper a little later, I'd be interested to see if Stephen A, Shannon Sharp, Charles Barkley, these other black talking heads can actually take accountability for... <laughs> the fucked up handling of the situation it, and actually rectify the fact that they do talk negatively about black men so, often. Mm. I, out of all of them... I and that's think, different from being critical. I just want to... I, yes. I think Shannon is probably the one who would take it in the chin. Stephen A and all the other stuff, like when... Like, for example, the, K, the KD situation with Stephen A. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Uh, I think he said something along the lines of, like, he's definitely not going to the Knicks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like he was literally still playing for the Warriors, so it was like causing trouble. And it took a while for Steven to walk that back. And it's just like, I don't know. You can't you can't be wrong and strong at the same time. It's just not smart. Like, And if you don't know, don't talk about it, as they say. But I don't know. I think we're past the keep the same energy error. I think it's uh, course and path correction error should be the case. Exactly. Right. I think if you know if, if things are egregious, it's one thing to be critical about a competitive sport, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, your jump shot weak. Uh, right, <laughs> your jump yeah. shot weak. Okay, right. cool. here are the numbers to back it up. And that was right. one thing that Kwame talked about as you go into some further on into his monologue that like it's all kind of uh, peacocking mm-hmm. in in in, it, in an exploited exploitive manner towards our own people in terms of how some of these commentators do. A little too much, a little too often. Yeah. 
So, yeah. But I feel like that's been black men in sports complain about the media for a long time. Because some niggas be tripping. Some, like, like, it, like Matt said, there is a, there is a strong... Kyrie Irving is a great example. How Kyrie Irving... Kyrie Irving decided that he did not want to talk to the media at the beginning of the season, which is well within his rights as an individual. I mean, it's part of his contract, but, you know, you pay fines for violating your contract, period. For, like, six weeks, the sports media attacked Kyrie Irving as a person for six weeks because he decided not to talk to the media. How the fuck does that have anything to do with him in a layup? It doesn't. Exactly. And this is the, this, that's the type of shit that, that Kwame brings up a great point. It's actually it's agitated me a little bit because the black voice within sports media is so powerful. When you listen to the NFL games and you hear these white boys commentating about black bodies, sometimes it's disgusting. But when the alternative is doing the same thing, Stuart Scott would be pissed. Yeah. Talk about the game. Talk about the plays. But I mean, I would say uh, characters or personalities like Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith is like the OG of this shit. Like mm-hmm. having personality on air, that was a real kind of um, unprecedented thing, mm-hmm. too. True, true. You know, to be boisterous and personality as a black man and kind of showing that and really having a strong kind of uh, ego, autistical approach. Um, so you got to take, I'm, I'm kind of saying, like, you got to take the good with the bad, too, in certain That's respects. True. Like, because now you have, you know, as Stephen A is getting these 10 mil plus type of renegotiations and raising a bar for people who want to commentate about sports, it, of course, is going to lead the way for more mm-hmm. black um, on-air personalities in sports to try and replicate that. Just like when Iverson came into the league, you know what I'm saying? Like, he changed the game. When Steph Curry came in the league, he shifted the future in terms of now kids is coming up, pulling from half court like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's important also to recognize that not all sports media people are occupying that lane. Right. Like, you got your Bomani Joneses. You got your, uh, what's my man who used to play Justin school? Tinsley. Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth. You have. What's my man who's like, GM, who was like, oh, he's always like in GM, NFL GM considerations and stuff. Louis, Louis Riddick. L- right. The third. And then uh, right, there's right. Justin Tinsley, who's, who's actually from around here. I like Marcus Spears. So I, like, I like Ryan Clark. I like Ryan Clark. Right. These are like some solid, some solid Candace Parker. Candace I like Parker. some, like some Carrie solid Champion. analysts, right? Carrie Champion. Yeah, definitely. Oh, not so God. much Sage Steele though. No, nah, we not. Mm. We not. We not really talking about Sage Steele. Hey, cold world out here. Hey, speaking of which, thanks, Matt. Because I was about to be stuck on motherfucking <laughs> Gary Champion. Go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> you saw on the Breakfast Club. Oh yes, I say did. no more, brother. Just slip out. Hit a button. Just hit anybody. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> J. Cole finally drops the offseason. Hey, Tom Tom, you get a chance to listen to it? Uh, not completely. Okay. Well, hold on. I did, but I really only listened to it once. I really enjoyed the album. I'll okay. leave it at that. 95 South no, with Cameron coming on. We, on want the full, we want the full review. Hey, man, I've been a fan of J. Cole since the come up. Okay. Mixtape. The come up, the warm up, then it was Friday Night Lights. Born Center. Right. There was the sideline story before Born Center. So that was, you know, he, he had it to go a little industry. Line. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Niggas, niggas. You know, this was an era, this was a blog era. Yeah, it was. 
This is a blog. This was a mixtape era. This was Drake. This was Kendrick. Mm -hmm. This was like a, a change, a transformation of how music was consumed. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a period when we was coming up when like niggas was downloading mixtapes off multiple sites. He was getting torrents. And this was that piff. This That's was right. right before, you know, Apple Music or iTunes. Yep. Really kind of, or Apple Music streaming in general, pay, pay to go. Right, right, right. Subscription model really came to be. So to see him get to this point after such a large discography and it dropped the off season, I, I was really impressed with the work, man. I, I will say, like, sometimes J. Cole loses me mm -hmm. in projects. Sometimes. There's some projects like Truly Yours or whatever that shit was called, or for, whatever. For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only. Truly Yours is actually immaculate, but go ahead. I gotta revisit that. I don't see it the same way. I know Neighbors was fire on Forever, for whatever that shit was called. For your eyes only. For your eyes only. Oh yeah, for your that eyes only was, was trash. Whack. Oh, yeah, it was whack. Except Neighbors. Neighbors was the only joint on there. Okay. Like KOD. KOD was, was cool. Like that. Born Center. Born Center still my shit. Yeah, I like those. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, Forest Hills Drive. That was a good one. That's that was his, great. That's his. That's I so. Come, no, great. So yeah, I say that's his masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I say Born Center was his correction, course correction yep. from the sideline story. It seemed like he took his control back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now this is kind of like the culmination. I actually enjoy this project more than I've enjoyed any of his projects since maybe Friday Night Lights. Really? The more than KOD. I can see that. I can see that. More than KOD. Yeah, I say I say uh, KOD had me like it was very front heavy for me. Okay. It I was. think this was like. You weren't gonna get really a lot of singles or like hits mm -hmm. like you would for from a Born Center. Mm -hmm. There's no crooked smile on here. There's okay. there's no nobody's perfect on this album, but from beginning to end, it's like raw, but it's well crafted. Great features, mm -hmm. thematic. It mm -hmm. takes me back to a more polished version of those the come up and the warm ups. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. It takes me back to a hungrier Cole. What What would you say are your favorites though? Um. Uh, Pride is the Devil, I would say. Um, I'm actually about to pull up the discography right now. It's like a few joints so, that I really like. I dug I dug 95 South. 95 South was cool just because I really appreciated the the cam. Feature, yeah. Camera elements, the, the, the Lil John ad-libs and all that shit. You just got to, you had to have been there. You had to be outside. You had to be outside. My Life. Amari. Was, my Life was fire. I liked Amari. They just dropped the video for that. I like Punching the Clock. I like. Let go of my hand. I like 100 Mil, hearing, hearing um, J. Cole talk about like. The bread, like this nigga's like worth a hundred million. That's a huge fucking deal. You know what I mean? Like him talking about the Diddy fight from back in the day when he was help allegedly defending Kendrick and Diddy was drunk and they were all backstage somewhere and and Diddy was pressing Kendrick about you know him saying he was the king of New York on control and J Cole getting in the middle of it and them squabbling quickly. Like feels like he's letting his nuts hang a little bit. Finally, you know, nice. like. And then the little the features boss, so he's keeping shit in house. But he got little baby, um, Moray. Shout out to Fayetteville, so Fayetteville. He's keeping shit. Definitely rooting for Moray. Twenty One Savage, kind of um, that that track for 20. track. Yep. So I feel like it was, a, it was it was a really great rollout too with it, and um, he debuted in like number one at like eighteen out of twenty countries and on on iTunes, some shit like that. Okay. And then he debuted as a professional basketball player for. Right. Um, for Rwanda Scor Scored a hot three points Three points But it doesn't uh, matter Because he played Like hey. the, the mere achievement That he played Is like all that Fact. That was This nigga's a professional Basketball player Got PT yeah This nigga's played overseas technically. <clears throat> yes <laughs> <laughs> So and, go ahead And to wrap this up To see him finally uh, There was a documentary That he put out That Tom Tom referenced Last week Where he was like Yo 
Um, he had all these hoop dreams. You know that J. Cole's projects heavily. Most of them had like a basketball element to them. Right. Played in high school. He really wanted to do it at St. John's, but you know, he was there academically more so than for any type of athletic purposes. So that was a dream deferred for him. And to see him make multiple dreams come true mm-hmm. over the process, over the course of this 10, 15 years, that's major. You know what I'm saying? Like we can achieve so many different things. We can revisit shit, you know, like as long as you stay ready and continue to put the work in. Yep. And you don't have to be boxed in. Like he's not being boxed into being a rapper. Now right. he's a basketball player and, and an executive and many other things. You got you gotta be in the gym. Like I'm I'm doing CrossFit right now, right? Like I'm still very new. Like I am not fire at that shit at all. Like but I enjoy the workouts. It's a mm-hmm. challenge and it challenges me to get better. Right. Like and other people in the gym who've been doing it for years are coming up to me now that they're seeing like, yo, I'm you know, I'm taking it a little bit more serious. Like, you know, I've been there consistently. I'm still not anywhere close to where they are yet, but, you know, homies will come up to me afterwards and be like, yo, great job. He was like, you know, certain things like double unders, like when you have to jump rope but do it twice, I can't do that yet, yeah. like multiple times. Like niggas have to do that 50 times. I can't Coordination ain't there. But he's like, yo, well, one of the dudes who's been killing it, but he's only been there for like a year, so maybe four months before me, mm-hmm. but he's beasting. And he's like, yo, um, I do open gym sometimes. Before we have these sessions, I'll go and I'll work on certain exercises. I'll work on my game. And it reminds me of Cole in that documentary. He was like, yo, for some reason, I just, like, I centralized, I consolidated my operations. I built a studio in my basement. I just had a son. I got a wife. So my kids are upstairs, but I'm ne- never too far away from them. And when I'm downstairs in the basement, I'm writing raps in less than seven minutes. I'm timing myself every single time. I have a workflow. I have a regiment. I got to do records in seven minutes, rap, rap uh, 16 or whatever. Then I got to do a couple beats. Then I got to do this. I got to yeah. do that. Like, he's putting in the work in and, and developing a workflow and a routine to get to this level of greatness. Yeah. Matter of fact, play that... Um, Freestyle? As We Are Trent. Yes, that 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 93 Till Infinity. The shit. first one or the second one? Oh, we The 93 Till Infinity? Yeah. I got you. We could do we could do Still Tipping, too. Like, you you call it. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, it's proud to see that, man. And, and him being the, the first of the big three, right? Like, J. Cole, Drake, and Kendrick to release in about... You know, a, pro- a full-length project in quite some time. Right. Now you do it. See, mommy, it's not so weird. After I hit, I cut you off like Picasso air. Van Gogh or whoever. Goddamn, Cole, you're too clever. Like a fucking James Brown sample. You're too ever. Times two, that's forever. More treble. Meaning more high-end shit on your level. Put the fear God in, niggas. I'm pure devil. Walking contradiction. My description. Off the top magician. Compositions. Non-fiction. Shit it in the competitions. Pot the piss and gone. Uh. 
so long, uh. Saturdays a nigga used to mow lawns, uh. Nowadays a nigga be eating prawns. Fuck my bitch by the window, wave to the peeping toms, uh. Yes, I'm Carolina's finest. Southern nigga with New York stamps. Honest, you got slap the glass. With the fiends. I'm your highness. Cold world, don't mistake it for a sinus infection. At this point, I'm just flexing. Boss is next in line, and the test is time. Play the game right, nigga, he gon' rest his mom. In the sands of Sudan, where she rest her mind and find mm. peace, cause the sun'll be fine. He got the city on his back, and I got him on mine. You Come think on. I'm lying? Shit. Step one, got the villa on that. Shit, I predicted in my raps, I done did all that. Yeah. Next, please. Eat rappers, mm, check, please. Here's a tip why niggas grip my testes. You want to shoot and shoot, don't play with me. Hardest shit out the South since slavery, nigga. That took what? me the back. The real is back. That's the cold I the fuck with. That's back. the cold I fuck with. <laughs> the bill is really back. The bill is back. This other shit, the Forest Hills, that was cool. All that, that shit, shit was, was cool. That shit this was is cute. that. Woo. This is that. This is what I've been wanting to hear. Like that's the energy I want. So. Mm. Oh man, man, thank you, love Jimbo. it. Thanks, anyway. man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. So I just, I, you enjoyed the album. I enjoyed the album. <laughs> For sure. I'm still For listening sure. to it, man. For sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still digesting because, like, I don't know. Just like a lot of my friends say on 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 social media, like the whole first day album reviews, mm-hmm. like you haven't even had some time to digest. The track for the, the 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 album for real, like you just you just kind of taking it in and saying whatever comes to your mind. When some of a lot of the better or best music or whatever, sometimes it ages over time, and then you learn to appreciate it. Facts, but with this style of hip hop, like the essence, this is essence. This is tapped into the core type shit. Right. It is only going to get better. It's only going to appreciate because right, first exactly. first listen is nothing but bars the whole way through. Right. Like that shit got me excited over here. You feel me? Like it's just nothing. Even but your, bars. Like, your story about like prepper, you can tell just looking at this nigga J Cole. This nigga been in the gym. This nigga been putting this nigga the work. Been in the verbal gym. This nigga been in the basketball gym with these Fact. free locks. You can just tell. Like, he's, this nigga he's, he's removed. He's removed noise from his life. I could just yeah noise and like the thought that he could let Nas down. Mm. The thought that he like the reason why. Uh, sideline story was trash because he was trying to appease to the the wants and desires of Jay Z. Well, like, to the label, to the system. That's right. You gotta have the single to free of that. Right. Free of that shit. Facts. <clears throat> and the thing I like what you said about it is like it's like put in the work, put in the time. Um, and that's one thing that I noticed with this podcast thing. The more often we do it, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays here. The more often we talk in public, the better we good at it. Right. Reps. Got to put in reps. If we got to put in more reps outside the reps so that we can train, we got to be great. Right. Yes, indeed. All right, y'all. It's time for probably, I think, a very interesting pod- podcast conversation here. It's a conversation about mm. a podcast. Um, I want to talk about, on the Money Move of the Week this week, I want to talk you. about Appreciate that. the Joe Budden podcast. Mm. Now, I am not a Joe Buddenite, but I have been very tuned into this situation. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, I am a avid fan of the podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself a Joe Budden knight. I don't listen true, to true, music. True. No, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> my bad. A Joe Budden podcast tonight. I am a fan of, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, JBP boys, you know what I'm saying, yada, yada. I've been a mm. listener since episode one before there was a Rory Animal. Well, Rory wasn't on the on the microphone yet, but um, yeah, anyway, 
I love how you were prefacing that. Well, I was actually I was about to throw it to you. If okay. you want to give us a little context leading up to the moment, and I think we can then have a conversation about equity because we are also three dudes on the podcast. Okay, so there's been rumblings for a few months um, before things kind of hit ahead mm-hmm. over the past few weeks where Rory and Maul, who are the long-standing uh, co-hosts on the Joe Budden podcast, Mike uh, B and C or Mike 2 and 3, if you will, there was rumblings maybe about six months ago that there was turmoil, that there was dissatisfaction amongst the ranks. Um, a lot of this came from DJ Academics, and DJ Academics, who was formerly on Everyday Struggle with Joe, has a relationship with Joe, but has beef with Rory and Maul because of, you know, just you know them throwing mud at each other and shit like that. But um, there was... Apparently, from the from the outside looking in, before we found out all this information, Warrior Mall just suddenly stopped coming to the podcast. Maybe about two months ago, mm-hmm. they normally record twice a week. You get the episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays, but they stopped showing up. And Joe said that there were some things that they had to work out behind the scenes, but the the slots or their chairs on the show would be open, or you know, until whenever they came back, right? So instead, he filled, um, he, he got two of his close homies, Ish and Ice, to fill in their spots in the interim. And, you know, those episodes were actually pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. right? You would think that with Rory and Maul, who've been on the show for at least 400 episodes together, like the most recent ones, that, you know, if they didn't show up, that there would be a, a very steep drop in listenership. And I, I believe Joe says that it was maybe first episode that there was a change. Mm-hmm. But once Ish and Ice kind of f- found rhythm over four weeks or so, that Rory and Maul were not there, um, you know, people really started to like them more and like the episodes more because people were freely talking about shit all right, of a sudden. Right. Rory and Maul are still heavily in tune in the industry. They still have jobs within the industry. So the shit that Joe wants to talk about sometimes, they, they're going to pull back in terms of what they're contributing to it because right. they don't want to offend their political connects. But that kind of deteriorates from the quality of the show from the listener's perspective. Interesting. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, you know, for a long time they were saying that this was not about money, that this was about something else. Rory, I mean, Joe had alluded that Rory and Joe had started going to therapy together to work out some issues that they had been having. And right, okay. So it was it was supposed to be like, oh, this is not a financial issue, right? This is just like amongst the ranks. Niggas don't fuck with each other. Niggas is having some issues, some personal issues with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me speed it up. So. Rory and Maul actually come back for an episode or two, and they have this discussion on the on air with Joe, and they they keep not talking about the finances, but they're saying it was like a lack of respect. Gotcha. Right, and so they were on for like two episodes after they had been away for like eight. Right, and you could tell that there was tension still there, like there was unresolved issues, that there was resentment. You know, Maul wasn't talking. At all, really. He was really? laughing or joking, but he was there, you know. Um, and Joe was making, you know, jabs and trying to make light of the situation, but you could tell, like, things weren't cool. Shit wasn't sweet. Right. Right. So Joe decides, or they had already scheduled to do, like, a, a one-week or two-episode break or vacation. And then after that vacation, we were expecting Rory and Maul to be back mm-hmm. because they had came back for the past two episodes, but they didn't. So... I'm gonna stop there. Is, uh, no, I, I'm I'm following because I've been following the whole drama. You am I making some key sense? insights? Yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know about the Rory and, and Joe Budden going in the going into therapy together, but I did hear I did I have been following since the boys came back from strike from, from strike, whatever they right. whatever it was called. Right. So keep in mind we had talked about this last week, but Joe Budden has this deal with Patreon or pretty much they have episodes, extra episodes on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um so they're trying to make that transition. They used to have this, they used to be on Spotify together, mm-hmm. but then that Spotify deal ended up, which is a big important piece for what I'm about to say uh, moving forward. Right okay. now, they just drop on, on on Patreon and they drop on on Apple iTunes podcast and and SoundCloud. So after the vacation, Rory and Maul didn't show up, and then that's what led to the big blow up. Like, Rory, um, Joe put out an episode with the rest of his staff, kind of in the not on screen, but that's kind awesome. of adding in yeah, extra yeah. commentary. Pretty much like trying to eat their Rory and Maul, firing Rory on on Mike, mm-hmm. right on the episode, saying that they were just on a bunch of bullshit, like that they were slowing the podcast down, like all that this. they lost all all leverage because Ish and Ice came through and like they actually did a pretty good job. Joe says that he still has them under contract for a year, so if they tried to do a podcast elsewhere, he would sue the pants off for them, right, right, um, right. making it seem like. They were trying to find numbers and accounting, and that's when they finally revealed like yeah. the issues were about money, and that Rory and Maul allegedly kept asking about accounting for no reason, and Joe was saying that he wasn't going to give them the accounting. He wasn't going to let them peep and see all the numbers, that there mm-hmm. should be some inherent trust. My IP eyebrow is up, is raising up and down. Right, so he was saying, like, Maul kept saying, like, you know, we want to see the accounting. And Joe kept replying, like, yo, you want to know what your numbers are? You got your percentages. Just do some reverse engineering, some reverse math, and that's the number in terms of what we made. But besides that, mm-hmm. I'm not showing you the book. Strike two. <laughs> My IP eyebrow is raised again. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, Joe drops another episode after that, mm-hmm. um, after firing Rory and him for another 40 minutes where him, him and the team and his lawyer, I mean, his agent, Ian, and... Parks, who's like their engineer, but really he's Joe's engineer from even when he was doing music. So he has right. a bunch of niggas in the room who are like, yes, man, kind of making it. I heard that too. Steering the conversation <laughs> to make it seem like Joe was right, Rory and Maul are on some bullshit. They don't put in the work. Right, right. They show up late. They don't really contribute. They don't bring anything to the table in terms of deals. That shit kind of hurt me a little bit. Right. When I heard that from the crew, like they don't contribute. They just come in to be like, uh-huh, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know about that one, but keep yeah, going. Yeah, keep, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Joe's making all this commotion. Warrior and Maul are kind of just high road social media shit. They recently dropped on Saturday after this uh, a one-hour episode of just the two of them discussing mm-hmm. and responding to Joe's comments. Fuck litigation, nigga. Right. Come see me. Uh, so Joe, I mean, Rory and Maul pretty much were saying, like, look, um, we are not employees we get a percentage of the net. We get a percentage of the profits from the show. So if you're going to have a percentage-based profit-sharing circumstances, it makes perfect sense to really verify what you you take in based on seeing the numbers. That's not something that's weird at all. Um, Another thing that Joe saying, like, they didn't bring shit to the table, but Rory was talking about how he had conversations with Elliot Wilson and several other people in terms of going to the title because they reached out to him. Yeah. But Joe cussed out Rory for talking to, about business in the podcast without him. So that kind of refutes the statement that they didn't bring shit to the table. Yeah. Um, 
Well, he didn't allow them to bring shit to the table. Did you watch? Did y'all watch the response? Or anything? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, I've been, yeah, I've been deep in it. I've been okay. deep in it. But just for the context of the people who are listening, right? It might take a while to get through the base of it, but there are some very important parts in the story that you are hitting that we're definitely about to review. So keep going. Yeah. So yeah. a big thing. The big thing is like, hey, people thought that they were employees that they didn't have any leverage. Exactly. In fact, they weren't employees. They are profit. They are getting a percentage of the profits. Partners, they're partners, will. right? You know what I'm saying? They don't own the uh, the IP, but they are contractually obligated to receive a per, uh, an agreed upon percentage of the profit mm -hmm. from the show. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much. I mean, that kind of wraps it up. Um, there's been a lot of other shit that's come out too, but I want to stop here in terms of the equity conversation because right. now, once they dropped that episode and cleared the air, mm -hmm. and saying like, "Yo." Um, He's not showing us the books. We found an accounting error yeah. when they did see some, 400 some information, 400,000 400, that was in the books, the accounting books that didn't make sense, that actually got corrected after they pointed that out, that Joe on IG has since tried to make light of. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's smoke, there could be potentially fire. And if you're not going to show me, give me, grant me any transparency or visibility into the books of an operation in which I get a percentage of. Then what's the point? What's the point? I feel like the first tenet of equity is transparency. Yes. That's the first step. Right. And in hearing the story and the difference that the differences between Joe's firing of Rory and Rory and Maul uh not responding and then seeing the the, the history of Joe Button and his business deals. <clears throat> Joe Button, you kind of put yourself in a corner player. Like yeah. I, I it looks like you was being a dick. You weren't being transparent. And based on the conversation that you would have, and it was, it was a part of his conversation that Joe Budden was having that actually threw like all my alarms off. And it was when they weren't bringing in money for the podcast, Joe Budden was paying them more. Right. And if yeah. I'm a partner and I know we didn't get paid for this show, I know we didn't get no ad revenue off the chain, but my check is still the same. Funny money is happening. I mean, right. somebody has got more money than me. Right. So even from the Spotify deal, that's what they were like, yo, how much money did we really make from that Spotify deal? Right. Show us the numbers. Right. And if the response from Joe Budden is, do the math yourself or audit me, audit you? Right. I'm with Marl. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Joe Budden and them fan, but I'm with Marl on that one. I'm not taking my niggas to court. Right. Keep it a buck with me. Facts. And if you can't look me in the eye when you cheating me, then yeah, you owe me five minutes. Right. It's simple to Go me. Go outside real quick. <laughs> it's you simple to me. I might even lose, but you're not going to lie to me. You're not going to steal from me. You're not going to cheat. Right. And, and any response besides the shoot the fair one, besides, well, audit me or sue me, I'm still, if you my mans, I'm willing to give you like some breathing room. If you like, all right. All right, I'll show you the books. And it ends up being some fishy shit. All right, I fucked up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what I was worried about. Right, yeah. I was worried let's about. Let's fix this. Let's you know? fix it. Let's be transparent. Let's get it done. But when you go on, on Patreon and you, you you know put out episodes and you're firing me and you're making it theatrical and all of this shit. Speaks, and another thing. It speaks to Joe's messiness. To hear to hear Parks. Fuck, it's the whole operation. To hear Parks and hear some of those other, like Savon, allegedly <laughs> just like. Egging him on during that circumstance. They shouldn't have recorded that shit for real, for real. I know it makes great ratings, but now they're seeing how this shit is back is uh is backfiring. But like there was a point in the episode with Rory and Maul where they were discussing the response and they were saying, like, yo, we uh offered to take um the, the first two paychecks yeah. that we were taking and feed the rest of the staff with that shit. 
during like Christmas time, like making sure they had some extra bread because niggas was saying that they they wasn't they was overworked and underpaid. And these niggas, as partners would do, break down from their own. We're willing to, sure to give some team. of their own to the team, but then here you go, the rest of the team is kind of. And then you gonna sue me if I start another podcast, right. bro? I can't use you don't here's, own my fucking voice. And here's Joe Budden, Joe Budden, who's been for the past six years talking about he's a champion for the creators, he's a champion for independence, he's a champion for. And you could hear you could hear the 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 change over the years in terms of as he got more autonomy and he started to see more wealth. That his position in terms of who should get what or who should get what percentage of the pie. And just little remarks in the episodes, you know, it has changed. So I'm I'm just a, a little confused because like it baffles me that like so, some of the things that Joe I don't even know where to begin. But like you're saying, a lot of these conversations shouldn't be recorded. And then, like, as you, like you said, as you play them back, as you listen to it, as you dive deeper into it, it makes it even more, like, it, it, it just makes it even worse. And then, like, to, to add icing on the cake, I feel, uh, I feel, um, supposedly there's, like, some sort of allega- uh, harassment allegation. Right. And that got recorded. That, that's when, it's, uh, when it rains, it pours, man. You opened yourself up. I mean, your actions opened you up to all this Alleg- criticism. Allegedly, but, supposedly, but it got recorded. But, you know. She, she got the timestamps. She got the tam- timestamps of him making very, give me the word, BMO, just distasteful. Suggestive. Mis- mis- I didn't even watch all the shit. But I all just, I know, what in, in the situation that she's alleging, uh, Joe Budden in the middle of this, I think it's a TV recording. So you know how we're doing the Bridge Network, right? right? Multiple podcasts. Joe Budden is starting to do the Joe Budden Network, so he has a show. Oh, this is recent. Yeah. So Get this was one of his shows. This is, this like is one of his, his shows network? on his network. The this video. nigga Joe Budden don't want no money. This nigga Joe Budden. Next topic. This hey, no, nigga no, no, don't no, want no, no, no money. No, no. Hey, so I'm gonna I'm just continue to fill him in. There's a Kevin Hart video out okay, there going. where he saw. Go pull that up real quick, <laughs> please, Bimo. Where. And this is what I'm saying. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the Joe Button podcast, man. I bought the Patreon. I was I was paying I was putting my ten bucks a month, so I was invested in the shit, man. I appreciate. So, so you listen to the extra episodes? Yeah, not the extra Joe Button episodes, not any of the the network other subsidiary shows and stuff. Like gotcha. he has a show with Karen Civil, or Karen Civil has a show under the network. Like he was building that out. So it was like Charlemagne, though. he's trying to get his black effect on his bridge podcast right. network. Well, but he makes bridge. a great point, which is kind of what we've been saying is like, yo, the, 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 there's not really a bag in one podcast. There's a bag in a whole network. Exactly, which is what he's trying to build out. So I'm not saying that Joe Budden is necessarily a thief. We don't know that for sure. Don't know. But as Kevin Hart says, that there are some other aspects of him that are that are relatively questionable. It's interesting coming from Kevin. Negativity. I don't care about that. But I actually was a supporter of the progression of him and his podcast. From All afar. Topics. I'm a fan of your growth. I'm a fan of what you're doing and the conversation behind it. That's dope. Yo, he's not doing business here. He wants to own it. He wants control. It's dope. To see you publicly shit on the guys that was with you, that's an example of poor leadership. That's an example of why you are where you are. Ooh. This is why. That's the reason why you are where you are. Here's the answer. Point blank. You want to be by yourself. You want to be King Dingling. Oh. (laughs) You You can't do that. That's that's Kevin Hart. Hart. Right. Poor leadership. 
Mm. Which is really what this is. It is. It is horrible leadership. Even if you are the coach, the coach doesn't go on the press conference and start talking shit about the players. Nigga, it's on the coach. If you win, it's on the players. Mm-hmm. When you lose, it's on the coach. And that's not what he had, what he's exhibited. Mm. And that is a reflect that is a reflection of character, even if it is in the moment, even if it's not consistently who you are. It is a timestamp moment. It happened publicly. That is documented. It, it seems like Joseph of your own doing can't help to be but but to be toxic. Right. That's just that's or just what life and time has taught us. Self sabotaging. Jesus Christ, Joe Button, who hurt you, man? Def Jam must have really did a number on Joe Button. Shit, man. I don't. Hey. You can't. I, I, that's die and be a hero. If that let let's say that Joseph, <laughs> I don't know if it's that. Which, <laughs> I think that nigga always been. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. I missed that one. <laughs> you the uh, what's, what is it? What's the joint? What's the Die and be a hero. Live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm saying in terms of uh, championing create creatives. And, oh yeah, and all the stuff about ownership and Ooh. and that you know having a podcast coming rising back from the phoenix from being an artist that nobody was super checking for because you know you might have been jaded and you might have been done wrong in many ways and shit. But you found this podcast. You created this podcast, and there's been a lot of casualties along the way too before Rory and Maul. Right, that was the hot. But this was your shit, and you became that nigga at it. And how many chances does Joe Budden get? Hey, I will say this, man: if the nigga's truly independent, yeah, then he keep going as he wants. That's true. That's true. Damn. All right, we're yeah. going to have a quick musical break. We got our good friend over here, Cause and Effects. He dropped a new song on SoundCloud. We want to make sure y'all check that out. Make sure you follow him on all social media platforms at Cause and Effects. That's C-Z-N-D-F-X. Nice. Seasoned fucks, if Seasoned you fucks. <laughs> Here's my man, Dante. We'll be right back with more Over the Shoulder. Dozens. Pulled up to the spot to drop it off, but it ain't where I hang. Sanitize my hands and priorities like ain't nothing changed. 2250 on the gas and that shit up the tank. Had to count my blessings, bro. He told me this a numbers game. Ten toes, keep it a hundred. My phone on one percent. Got two ladies, both bilingual. We roll a dozen splits. Two hours moving to eighty to cover what we missed with two jobs just to keep my mind off that other shit. Can you bring me back in? Demons in the cut, she hoping that I open up Saying less on tribulations, you know how my little brother get In the pain, keep my composure We was raised from soldiers, I don't fuck with you Say pour your heart out for some great exposure Say she down the street, she on my line like we use baking soda Hit it just to make a quota, nah, I might not make it over Nah, I ain't flashy, move like 97 great Corolla Hoes in my kicks, but I'm still walking like we taking over Used to wear my uncle's suits, my mama said that boy look older Funny thing about being hot, most of the time it make you colder In the head since rifle strapped and touched that little killer shoulder Been about the paper talking way before Manila folder Think that I just made this shit with that hoe You don't know, the whole nine is the organization 
Pulled up to the spot to drop it off, but it ain't where I hang. Sanitize my hands and priorities like ain't nothing changed. 2250 on the gas and that shit up the tank. Had to count my blessings, bro. He told me this a numbers game. I fucking love calls in the face. I really fuss with this nigga, Andy, bro. I really fuss. When I think about when I think about cause and effects for too long, I start to think about. Remember, uh, was it Brown Sugar? Brown Sugar, uh, the movie with. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most Def. Most Def and uh, 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 and no, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Although the movie was about him and Sanaa Latham, the my favorite really part of the relationship. My favorite relationship in the movie is the relationship between Most Def and Tay Diggs. Facts. Tay Diggs quits shopping him around. That's right. He quits the, uh, the 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 label and it goes purely independent with Most Def. Awesome. Wasn't he driving a taxi? Driving a taxi. Nigga, one of the <laughs> one of the coldest uh, soundtracks ever. Yeah, Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. Yeah, niggas. Facts. Once again, for niggas under like the age of twenty seven, they don't know. Just go back and revisit. They don't this know. Shit, man. They... Okay. Anyway, um, that was a classic. Oh man, the Erica Badu. What's, what's my man's name? Uh, In common? Um, oh, you talking about the rap Dalmatian? Just the, rap <laughs> this the whole oh, movie. Oh, <laughs> I gotta get her. <laughs> Celebrating my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am I Richard just, Lawson. Richard Lawson. Richard Lawson. <laughs> Classic. Anyway, see so you got your yeah. situation all yeah, right. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> Mess, I was listening to a That's podcast. That's that Kwame Brown shit, man. That Kwame Somebody Brown stole your joint. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my divorce. My divorce. <laughs> All right. Now my hey, go deep time out, time go out. Ahead. Speaking of which, divorce. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates? Oh, we didn't talk about that? We didn't talk about that. Are you sure? We did not talk about that. We, I guess we did. I have talked about it in, in a couple different iterations, but you Quickly. got thoughts? No, just... Uh, Shit, man, it's not looking good for marriage out here, man. I'm just saying. $65 billion divorce. Oh, and they said he slept with, uh, you know, staff and shit. Niggas was working under him. Oh, yeah. That's a power dynamic thing, man. That's a Bill power. Gates was and, slipping and, and sliding. So, so supposedly that's why he dipped from the company. Downloading that. Oh. Like he, he dipped. He, 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 he was on the board of directors <laughs> and he, he purposely dipped and was like, I'm going to do philanthropy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Uploading. Uploading the dick. <laughs> so, anyway. $65 billion divorce. Um, and what I'm interested to see is, we saw how Mackenzie Scott acted after she and Jeff Bezos got yeah. divorced. Yeah. She went on the HBCU giving tour, in which there'll be niggas going to college for, for decades because of Mackenzie Scott. Yeah. I'm interested. Morgan State got a nice little stimulus. Sure did. So did I, I, feel like I feel like everybody got it. Let's call, the deep, let's call it the, the, the top 10 HBCUs probably got like uh, average of like $45 million per school, some shit like that. I'm wondering what the Gates philanthropic effort will be towards black folks. Well, you know, they had the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So a lot of people who were black and went to Ivy League and very prestigious <clears throat> institutions yeah. were able to go because they got those, either the Coca-Cola Scholarship or the Bill and Melinda Gates Scholarship, mm -hmm. got their first MacBook off the shit. So that they had a rapport together. That's different from Jeff and McKenzie. That's true. Where they, they've been doing this for in terms of education, and then they got the whole climate change shit yep. And, yep. and all of that. So I'm interested to see, like, I've heard, I haven't read too many articles, but just rumblings of them potentially, can potentially continue to work the estate together or work on initiatives together. But I don't know, man. If, if there's infidelity, man, it always makes shit tricky. But if there's a big dynasty to control, you know, I'm sure. Damn, Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, well, the game is a game. Game is the game, man. The game is the game. Pussy is powerful. Good lord. <laughs> Good sixty-five bill. Hey, hit the Windows ninety-five <laughs> shit, bro. Oh no! I oh, turned no. the thing down. <laughs> At least you caught it quick. <laughs> that was the perfect time to hit that button if there was ever a time. <laughs> So sad for Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, what's funny though? I did see a lot of black folks slide into the DMs. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bill or Melinda Gates. <laughs> I see you going through hard times, sweetheart. You, you know need a foot rub or something? Yeah. What's up? I can listen <laughs> and learn. Oh man, y'all mind if I go deep real quick? Go on in, play. All right. Um, as a content creator, I find it pivotal to constantly investigate that which inspires, confounds, and disrupts creativity. Each week, I like to explore one creative concept, deconstruct it, and analyze it. Um, this week, I want to talk about Dave Chappelle, a genius allergic to accountability. A genius allergic to accountability. I love Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle recently put out an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. He was a episode, he was a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast for like maybe the third time. I think this might be his first time completely solo. Um, he also has started his own podcast on the Luminary Network, which is behind a paywall. I listened to the first episode of his podcast, which is called the Midnight Gospel. No, Midnight Miracle. The Midnight Miracle is it a Midnight Miracle? I think so. Okay, the Midnight Miracle, and I can honestly say. The podcast was fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's an interesting mix of the podcast storytelling format that we do here, but also adding in more like professional sound. You could t- I can see why it's paid because they use a lot of like licensed sound. So big they production. Use, it is a big production. It's a big audio production. This first episode included this wonderful story that most deaf uh, Yasin Bey told about um, Amy Winehouse, and they use Amy Winehouse's voice and her music and some of her excerpts, or some of her interviews, and it was fucking brilliant, bro. Brilliant, and I love how he has a podcast split into two sides, record side A, record side B. Record side A is the more spicy side. B side is a little more introspective. Mm. I fucking loved it. But I cannot invest into it. Why is that? And the reason why I can't invest... Thanks, man. The reason why I can't invest into the Dave Chappelle Midnight Miracle podcast is because of the prolific inclusion of Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are just now catching up, I, I encourage you to do your Googles, but look up the behavior that Talib Kweli got kicked off of Twitter for. I only know two celebrities to be kicked off of Twitter indefinitely. Donald, Donald Trump, Trump and Talib Kweli. <laughs> Shit. Yikes. But one was an international terrorist as president. There was a black man bullying black women on Twitter. Terrorizing woman. Terrorizing. Black woman. Uh, and, because, and continuing to. Right. And because Talib Kweli has not taken accountability for their action or even apologized, even to recognize the toxic and destructive nature of his behavior, and now he's being seeming rewarded by partnering with Dave Chappelle on this brilliant podcast, I cannot find myself. I can't find a way to pull my wallet out and actually pay for this luminary podcast. And I find that interesting now. Drink uh, Champs, too. We, he was on Drink Champs? Yeah. Well, I won't be. I mean, I don't Who's know on Drink, Drink Champs? Champs. Talib Kweli. Oh, okay. Like two, three episodes ago. I didn't. I'm not gonna listen to it. Did Noy bring that shit up? I don't know. I mean, I, I now I'm curious to see if they brought it up because I feel like that might have been a moment that Talib could have came clean. But I have a feeling that niggas did what niggas usually do and, and avoid didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find it interesting. I think you were bringing up Tom Tom because I find it interesting that in the last six months, 
two idols in the industry game, two male idols from the industry game, have actually apologized for the misogynistic, homophobic, um, uh, 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 toxic, patriarchal views of the past. Those Bigoted. Bigoted views of the past. Thanks, Matt. Those two individuals are Eddie Murphy when he talks about his two biggest comedy specials, Delirious and Raw, and Jay-Z when he's talking about Big Pimpin'. Mm. And I look at these two individuals and I say, if the thing that made Eddie Murphy famous, that launched him into fame, is the same thing that he can apologize for. And if Jay-Z can apologize not only for his infidelity on 444, but also apologize for his misogynistic views during Big Pimpin', why can't Dave Chappelle apologize? And part of me is like, you know what, B, maybe you just being like a 2021, as Dave Chappelle would say, bitch-ass nigga. Maybe you just being sensitive about it. But God damn, to the point, is it, I don't consider myself uh, that sensitive, but if I'm to the point where I love Dave Chappelle, I fought with him as much as I could side by side in his, in his IB control over the Chappelle show. I fought with him when he was doing his special about George Floyd. And then not including black women, I said, you understand the perspective of Dave Chappelle. When it came to the trans situation, understand the perspective of Dave Chappelle. But God damn, <laughs> to include this nigga, you not dumb, Dave Chappelle. You know what has happened. So the inclusion of this person feels like a direct slap in the face. And I, a huge Dave Chappelle supporter, my whole life, I think. From 13, as long as I can laugh, as long as I can remember consciously laughing, I've been a fan. Killing him softly for what it's worth. And I just I can't pull myself to subscribe to this channel because he's aligning himself with someone that I that just refuses to take accountability, and I just can't help but think that maybe that's just the tribe of Dave Chappelle, the lack of accountability, and that's Bimo going too deep. It kind of reminds me of the opposite of Joe Budden. It's like maybe you're riding a little too hard for your niggas. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Wow, yeah, that is an interesting uh, juxtapose there. Oh my goodness, man. Y'all got any thoughts on, on Dave Chappelle and his refusal to apologize? Or Nah, you, you said it all in that one. At least from my end. I mean, what do you... Uh, but then again, like, that's Dave's thing. Like, Dave is, you know... But I, I unapologetic I in his own way. And he's he's bucked at the system. You know, a lot of the people that you... Um, Eddie, yeah, even totally. Jay, yeah. they made the most of the system. They did. And, and, you know, everybody has different experiences, you know. So I can't condone that shit. I'm with you. But you're looking at a man whose story in terms of his relationship with the system and yeah, true. You know, equity is a little is a little different. Yeah. So maybe he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna ride with my niggas, the people who've been supporting me even when I was down and out, such as a toilet. Ride it till the wheels fall off and end up in the ditch. Well, I guess that excludes me. Damn. Yeah. Fucking morals. Tom, Tom, you got a uh, thoughtful question or some shit? Damn, I got an attitude right now. <laughs> <laughs> shit. But shit, at least you listen to the podcast. And, I listened you know, to the David. first episode for free off of Instagram. I'm not <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, okay. I totally forgot so, that. So, there, so the side B is what you pay for? I'm just trying to understand. No, so, so no, it's all under a paywall. He just put that one out for free to tell niggas what it was. On on the Apple podcast? It's on, no, it's on, um, it's on Instagram. It's literally on his Instagram TV. Oh, hmm. and probably on YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't really have a thoughtful question today. Today, I think this has been a good and rich podcast. Uh, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with that. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right, let's do some. Um, let's do our tools of the trade and say goodbye. Mm -hmm. uh, tools of the trade. This is an opportunity to give you our metaphysical, physical, um, 
Oh, Lord, I forgot all the M words. What's the other M word I'm looking for? Metaphysical, physical, metaphorical, psychological, partial, all, all these tools that you need to get yeah. I mean, as you, a creative. If you've missed it, you, you got it, you got Ta- it back in Tangible, the intangible. Ta- thank you. Appreciate you, man. Okay. Um, I want to say, oh, actually, my tool of the trade this week is water. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. Get, uh, if you drink some good, you drink like maybe like two glasses of water right when you wake up, it changes your mindset. It clears you out. It moves your stomach juices a little bit more. And if you stay hydrated, you feel better. You do better. You move better. You talk better. Facts. Maybe because maybe I'm like I have like mood swings often. I often notice that my mood swings are correlated with my dehydration. So my tool of the trade this week is water. <laughs> you can follow me on all platforms at BMO Brown, BMO Brown. Make sure y'all watch Wake and Bake with BMO. Yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays on Instagram Live. Also here on the Bridge Podcast Network, BMOAuthentic.com. All right. This is Tom, a.k.a. Thomas, a.k.a. Thomas the Great. The facilitator. Yeah, so my tool of the trade, I would say my tool of the trade is my heritage. Um, recently, I've, uh, I can't see, but <clears throat> recently I've uh, gotten into to, to a little bit of uh, the UK music that I, we were mentioning before. UK drill. UK drill. Um and I've been listening to Hetty One, doing a little bit of research, realized he's from the same country I am. Oh, he's, he's like his name is as African as it gets. Word. Um in that country is Ghana. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. I only, I only heard the only you freestyle with Drake. Yeah, Hetty yeah, One. That, but it looks like he got some heats. He got some beats. I like his So the that. uh the Don't Rush track that went viral mm. is Hetty. Yeah, I think One. I heard that too. Yeah. And then Princess Cuts went viral um some some time back. But I don't know, I've just kind of been a lot of times when I get into an artist, I kind of like go deeper into it and check into like who's around it. So like I've been listening to Getz, I've been listening to Skepta, I've been listening to Stormzy. Um, there's more, but I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, so just Rigged, explore gigs, gigs, bunch of those, bunch of those dudes and all that. Yeah. Um, and then you know, just getting to more of the African creativity. Um, two brands I've been checking for is. Uh, Ghana to the world and da, 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 free the youth. <clears throat> and, you know, just, you know, enjoying what's the what's on the creative side from my side of the earth. That's hard. Where can people, uh, did you put your socials Oh, down? my fault, my fault. Thomas the Great on IG, Tommy Pickles on, uh, on Twitter, P-I-C-K-L-Z underscore in the middle. What about you, Matt? Yeah, uh, Water's important, by the way. Make sure that y'all drink Super a gallon important. a day, man. Uh, or try to, at least. Get a couple cups in. Um, my my tool of the trade would be Bomba Socks, man. I know he needs some fucking endorsements, but I got a pair on, and them shits feel amazing. Word? What kind yeah. of socks? Bombas. B-O-M-B-A-S. Are they cute, though? They're little footies. Little, okay. little footies, but, you know, I got a couple. No, of, no got, show action? I, yeah, no show. Letting the ankle show. High boy summer out here. You gotta get that anklet, baby. The anklet. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your socials. Say less, brother. <laughs> Don't let me come in here with the anklet and the hoop earring. Oh my God. Matching you know, being gold. Being a lady in the house got match your anklets. Hey, that's hard. Yeah, it's real hard. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, I'm at, socials at Backpack Man on Twitter at Mr. Backpack on IG. Make sure y'all check us out at OTS.pod on IG. 
Mm-hmm. Um, OverTheShoulderPod.com uh, to check out episodes if you don't want to go through the standard streaming platforms. And what else am I missing, fellas? The make Bridge. Sure, Shout out to sure The Bridge. Check out the Bridge. Make sure y'all follow Watching The Bridge, WI Bridge on all social media platforms. Take, take in all their content, YouTube, all of that. Please, because yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. There's gold on the YouTube. You, when they recount the renaissance that happened in D.C., they'll come to the bridge first. That's Trust right. me when I say it. And make sure y'all come back here next week. We're going to keep dropping gems so y'all can keep catching them. Until then, peace. Peace, 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 peace. Gallon a day. <laughs> what? <laughs> Splash! Whoa, 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 whoa,